Welcome to Burning the Edge. We would like to welcome to the tea our host, Mr. Arthur Miller Jr. Thank you for listening to Burning the Edge, the podcast. Today we'll be having a conversation with Kendrick Hickman Sr. and Ronald Porter Sr. Please like and follow and subscribe and leave a review to let us know how we're doing. We got over here, uh, bro, Ronald Porter. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? Then we got bro, Kendrick Hickman. He He's somewhat new to the channel. Somewhat. <laughs> so y'all ready? So we know it's uh, Black History Month. We got a few things we want to talk about with Black History. But before we get into all that, I wanted to... Um, Run a few things about y'all, about y'all that's been happening on the PGA tour here recently. So we got um first thing happened a couple of weeks ago. It's been no, it's been about three weeks ago. So Justin Thomas misses a like a three foot put a put and he says fag. And the next thing you know. Ralph Lauren has dropped him as a sponsor. So what are you guys' opinion about this? I I let Kendrick go first. <laughs> well I I mean, I understand it. I mean the one thing about it is at least it wasn't directed at any any person or thing or anything like that. Um, but uh, I also kind of hold the opinion of when you got a company or organization paying you X dollars, I mean, I don't know what their contract is worth, then, you know, as sensitive as we are in this environment, I, I get it. I get it. So that doesn't mean they won't come back around, but, you know, right now, hey, we need to just, we're going to take a step back. And reevaluate, you know, you as our spokesperson and, and you as our representative. So, my question to it is: Go ahead and tell me what you think, Ronald. Um, I look at it two ways. Um, being someone who likes sports, and I just played golf today, and I made a simple mistake, and I said, "Stupid." So if I'm a pro athlete, am I going to lose my contract because I called myself stupid? I mean, I get it. It's the word fag. It's a very old word that's used against people who uh, choose to like the same sex. But in my opinion, I personally was like, I mean, he didn't say it towards nobody. But then again, I do get it when you are sponsored by these multi-million dollar companies and everything you do and say is just is a microphone around you and you have to be on top of everything you have to cross all your t's dot all your i's your p's and q's whatever you want to call it and you got to protect your brand at all time because they're going to protect themselves at all time and um it's an unfortunate loss form uh, and lastly i'm not gonna lie part of me is like man you know what i'm kind of glad it happened and here's why because we're coming into Black History Month, our people, our culture, and go out and do something like, um, and I'm not saying it's right, but like uh, was Rice, the football player uh, from Baltimore Ravens running back. Um, what he did a few years ago, I'm not saying he should have lost his career, but um, I 
you know, he lost his endorsements, everything for what he did with domestic violence. Um, and he was all over the news. And, you know, what the golfer did is a small percentage of embarrassment for him, but the fact that it's starting to be kind of an even slate where if anybody does anything, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make you pay the consequences for it. I still think it's a little childish though. I mean, it's it's a word he didn't say it towards nobody, but I don't know if my logic makes sense, but that's honestly how I feel. Those three different things. I mean, I totally understand. I um I was feeling like, look, he didn't say it toward anyone. He was saying it to himself. And the truth of the matter is, that probably wasn't the first time he said it. Probably won't be his last time, when, especially when the spectators come back, because you won't be able to hear what he's saying when the spectators are back. You know, I mean... Just think of it like this, and what if he had said the N-word or something like that? Yeah. Then it's like, I mean, you, you can't be so comfortable saying that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. Being represented by these folks. Yeah, I get it. I mean, you know, and one of the things I learned early is is like you're always under a microscope, right? I mean, somebody's always watching, and in this day and time, somebody always has their cell phone out. They're screenshotting, they're recording, they're just trying to catch on something, you know. That that's something that I like and dislike because you can capture some awesome moments, and then you can capture moments like this. It's like, and it's just gonna make somebody look bad, but. The one thing out of all of it that honestly I do feel is that he's a human just like anybody else. And I believe Arthur, when he says this is not the first time he's probably said that word or whatever, you know, fag towards himself, he's not toward nobody, talk to the golf ball or whatever, but he's a human just like us. And I think we all have our words or whatever that we say, we make a mistake. I mean, mine is, is damn. I mean, I hope hopefully everyone on the podcast is not bad, but I, if I miss the button, damn. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. I mean, yeah. You know, and I apologize if we're not supposed to say that on the podcast. My apologies. <laughs> I don't want to be sorry to my sponsors, um, who is my wife and my three kids. I'm sorry. Don't drop me. <laughs> well, I'm sure they won't drop you. I'm sure you ain't got to worry about that one. <laughs> yeah, they can't drop me. They, they want that uh, Chick-fil-A to be bought every week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on probation for a while. I think we all know about their probation, right? Yeah. Yes. Right, I right. Think we just saw your probation officer just come in there. Matter of fact, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how that works. Yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to get y'all opinion about that. Uh, moving to the next thing. So we last week, Brooks Kepka, your boy, Ron, ain't that your boy? One of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. Brooks Kepka fired. His swing coach, Claude Homer III, after winning four major championships and I, I want to say a few other tournaments here and there. What are y'all thoughts about that? Would you fire your swing coach after winning four major championships? I just know just the what's on the surface of just him firing the coach. Um Honestly, I, I'm thinking there's something more into it than what I know. Like, it's got to be a little bit deeper. If it's just, hey, it's a firing of his coach and his coach is the one that's been helping him swing, it looks crazy from the outside looking in. But we don't know. I don't know the relationship. I, I don't know that much into it. So, it, But it does make me feel like it's almost like uh, watching, 
you know, I hate to switch sports, but the Bulls and how they dominated and then they get to Phil Jackson this is last season. Like, what? That's stupid. Right. You know, I've won all these championships. Stay to it and just dominate until you can't dominate no more. But that's the business, man. And we're going to see how he performs this year. So if he sucks, he got <laughs> to do just like this. Oh, that was stupid. So I don't know. Well, so far uh, today, I mean, this weekend he missed the cut. Mm. Mm. So what things you think, that Ken? make you say, "Hmm"? I mean, it had to be some sort of conflict, some person, whether it's personality or personal, whatever it is. It had to be something. You don't just, you know, up and fire. I mean, when when you up on the top like that, you don't just fire anybody just because. Yeah, you know, it's one thing. Hey, listen, I'm on a. I ain't won a game or I ain't won a tournament and. Mm-hmm. 10 years or I ain't wanna I ain't made the cut. I mean, you can't say none of that. Yeah. So to me, it's more than that. Just that and and this when you mentioned the Bulls, you know, it was personality conflicts with the uh with the GM. It's like he had this ego. Same thing with the Cowboys, you know. I, I thought we weren't cursing on here. You can't say the C word. <laughs> <laughs> I am no Cowboys friend. <laughs> no matter of fact, he uh he he is the exact opposite of a cowboy because he yeah. don't even like the, that's that's his boys in his division. Ooh. Were you Eagles? Oh uh um Giants. Oh, okay. That's different. Okay. Makes sense though, because you're a pretty large guy, so I that goes with you. <laughs> Giants. Giants, go big blue. I guess. I guess. <laughs> But this, I mean, how many, how many times do we ruin ourselves or just whatever because we let you know our personality stuff get in the way? Yeah. Well, it could have been some contractual stuff in there as well that they came up with. You know, you know, you'd be surprised on the back end things that these guys are like will put in there, and you never know. Dude, with these guys making millions of dollars, millions. If I if. That means I'm winning and I'm going to keep winning. Just pay them. <laughs> right. I don't know, man. You got some folks that's out here. I don't like to say cheap, uh, frugal. Uh, they're reasonable. <laughs> and all. Like, Doc, you're a millionaire. So is my money. You know what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> my uncle said that to me one time, and I, I understood right then and there. At the end of the day, regardless of how much money they got, it's their money. That's right. They can do what they want. Yep. That's yeah. true. I told, um, so on the last podcast, it was, I had Mark Grace, which is my coaching, my, uh, my golf pro. Okay. And so I asked him what he thought. And I told him, man, we have 12 tournaments coming up this year. If I win four of the 12, you ain't got to never worry about me finding you. (laughs) 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 I told him, I said, man, look, man, I look, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. The truth of the matter is his injuries have been holding him back more than probably anything. So yeah. you, it, I, to me, I think it was a poor time to make that kind of a decision. You're really just getting back off an of injury. Give it some time, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mark did agree that after seven years, it's probably about the time for you to reevaluate. So they have been they have been together for seven years, but he also Mark also said that was the time that you reevaluate your wife's situation too. So, 
Yeah, this this is a burning edge podcast. I'm gonna have no comment on that one. <laughs> one of us gonna cost you a lot more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or both. <laughs> In capital situation, changing the swing coach and losing his wife. Well, he, I don't know if he's married or not, but that could cost him a lot too. Man. I don't know, but it's- how much that costs. Ooh. Ooh. That was major. My room, it got instantly cold in here. Oh my god! <laughs> that dude still making paper. Why we talking about Tiger? Mm-hmm. Did y'all check out the documentary? Yeah. No, sir. I haven't watched you it. You haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Are you going to watch so, it? Uh, yeah. I am. I am. Um, okay. I, I'm a type of person that I have to. I guess like I got to binge watch and just sit in like one sitting and just like a Friday night. And I know I'm not doing that Saturday. I'm just gonna watch it all the way through. Yeah. Like, I can't watch something and then stop and then like pick. I got to just watch it all the way. It's an interesting watch. Um, I think they focused on the negative stuff a little too long for me. Mm-hmm. It's really like the second episode for the first hour. It's That's all it is. And it's just a little too much focus on that to me. Um, a lot of people think that a lot of people were waiting on his downfall because they don't like to see people doing well, kind of that crab mentality, like everybody want to wait till you get to the top and they want to pull you back down, you know, but I, I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but I do agree that they focus on, I do think that they focused on the bad stuff, negative stuff too much. You know, I think we all are human. We all make mistakes. We all make poor decisions. And so to, to, take the whole second episode and just like pretty much they focused on his um, recovery, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It was like, that was the best part of it for him coming back and winning the, the masters and then uh-huh. winning uh, at East Lake. Like that's the main, that's the championship. Like to me, that was the best part of his, of of his comeback it wasn't that he got so down so far it was the injuries to me to come uh-huh. back from that was i mean they hardly talked about his injuries it was well, more no, about all yeah, the, the other I, stuff i kind of disagree no i i kind of disagree i mean they they talked a lot about his injuries but and they they showed how he played through those injuries yeah and I mean, it was, I mean, it was painful to watch. It was like, man, man he doing all that, but he kept on going. Yeah. He won. So I'm like, so as much as they talked about how how bad he was on a lot of it, that I did like how they they showed his uh his true grit in, yeah. and through that pain and adversity and and then mm-hmm. the triumph at the end. So I mean I, I mean, all those people that were against him. When he won that the last Masters, he was like, and then you saw all those people that were there with him. Right. So that was, I mean, that was just a humbling experience. And he became more humble because of it. Yeah. Well, what's amazing to me is to that no matter what you go through and how good you get, that people's competitive spirit is 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 wanting you, like if you you're at the top, is most people's spirit is wanting you to fall and and start being bad at what you're doing and to me i'm more like like all right you, you know i bring it up all the time you shot the 78 i want you to keep shooting the 78 i want to shoot a 77 
You know, I don't have this fear to where it's like, well, I've, I've grown to be like this, where I, I want you to play bad so I can win. No, I want you to keep playing well. So therefore, I have to elevate my game. And then when I become better than you and I up you one, now you got to up one. And that means our game keeps getting better. Right. Versus, you know, like with Tiger and him doing so well, people just want to see him fall flat on his face. Like, I don't understand that. Instead of want to see the brother fail, no, keep let him keep killing it. Somebody got to come up and dominate and get him and then let him step up and the golf game just keeps getting better and better and better. Right. Um, it's almost like him with the whole driving thing. Like when he came on the scene, people weren't driving the ball that far. Nope. Now look at it. He ain't the longest driver now. Nope. You got, uh, who's that, uh, that buff dude, DeShambo, Bryce, man. Yep. That's crazy. Hitting so since we far? talking about, you talked about the long drive, that brings mm-hmm. me to another point. So Mark and I talked about the changes that they want to make to the ball or equipment to where you can't hit it as far. Right. So what do y'all think about that? I think technology is going to keep advancing um, and it's going to make games evolve um, every time it changes from the way your irons are made, your drivers are made, um, the shaft, um, the ball, uh, the technique, everything goes into it. And I just think it's a part of the game. Now you start losing integrity of the game when you start making it illegal and stuff where the ball is just guaranteed to fly straight and stuff like that. I think that's when you lose integrity for the game, but I'm okay with technology being a part of it. And it's, it's what's going to happen is they're going to start making courses more challenging and making them longer. Uh, you start hitting that ball further. So instead of a par four being 400 yards, you keep hitting it far. Now that par four is going to be 500 yards, you know, just stuff like that. But I'm, I'm on board with it. Um, as long as there's nothing that's just going to start making it like a video game where you're guaranteed to hit straight every time. So then there's no point in playing. I'll tell you what, if they have some golf balls right now where I can hit a 300 and it goes straight every single time, I will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you both. <laughs> I don't think no, there's a golfer out there that would be like, I'm not buying them balls. Yeah, now I don't care how ugly my swing is, but every time I hit it, it's gonna go 300 and it's gonna go straight and it's gonna go exactly where I want it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and I can never lose it. That's when as when you hit that remote like this, okay. You swing uh, straight. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> so Mark opinion was he sided with Jack Nicholas. Okay. Jack Nicholas said he thinks that they should change it to where it doesn't go as far. And uh, his opinion on the golf course was that, you know, why dig up a lot of classic golf courses to make them longer just so people don't, you know, to because people hitting it farther, you want to make the golf courses longer. You know, I mean, that would, that's, that's to me, that's not good. You know, I mean, what you going to make all the courses 9,000 yards, you know, like, you know, so you know that you know at first they tried to tiger-proof Augusta. That's what they called it, tiger-proofing yeah. Augusta. You know, but to me, and he had a great point. His opinion was so change the ball to where if you don't hit it in the sweet spot on the club, then it curves more. You know how sometimes you could get away with. Let's say usually when you hit a topic, it usually still goes straight. But it just to go either go way up in the air or you top it into the ground or whatever, you know. 
my so ball, instead my, of it doing that, if you don't hit the sweet spot, that about. the ball curves more, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, mine already do what you're talking about. So <laughs> that technology's already out. I just did it today. I didn't hit it in the sweet spot, and it went 220 to the right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. already out. Leave, leave the balls alone. Yeah. That's what I said. Just leave it alone. Like, if if you can get to a point where you're hitting it 400 yards, man, more power to you. But you know How the thing with that drivers is. Do you uh, see play on the PGA Tour? Not now, one of them. Nope. That's my point exactly. So yep. look, leave it alone. If 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 Bryson get to a point where he hitting the four hundred, I guarantee you he ain't gonna be hitting the four hundred straight all the time. And it doesn't nope. work for every course. He nope. tried it at East Lake. He tried it at uh, the the one in San Francisco where they played the uh, U.S. Open. It didn't work. The rough was too thick. It was too much of a penalty when you hit the ball offline. So leave it, leave it alone. And I look at it this way. It's almost like, you know, I'm going to use it compared to basketball. Players are now even even taller, more athletic. So what, you going to raise the goal? Nah, leave the sport the way it is. You, right. you can't you can't help the, that people are uh, getting in the gym or figuring out ways to take advantage of how they can swing or their clubs to be able to hit the ball that far. That's cool. They got to play their next shot just like everybody else. Right. You know, uh, are you hit like- your... Huh, go ahead, Kendrick. I just looked this up, and it says the average driving distance on the PGA is 290 yards. So, I mean, you got some long hitters out there, but everybody ain't hitting them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, I can understand if, it, I mean, if the average was over 300, then okay, yeah, maybe, but, you know, 290. It's, I mean, it's further than I'm, I'm going to hit it, but <laughs> for a PGA professional, right? I mean, that's that's, that's not bad. Right. I hit 290 yards this many times last year, seven times. And for them to consistently do it, I'm happy with 250 to 270. Man, I, if I can put it in the fairway 250 yards at a time, I would take it. Absolutely. Yeah. So next topic, fellas. Okay. So we have February, Black History Month. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to spotlight uh, a few golfers or a few people that have impacted the game. I wanted to spotlight this cat. Well, I call him a cat. He's an old cat. But anyway. (laughs) That's how how you tell our dude, the OG, and call folks cat. (laughs) Young blood cat. Hey, so my mama, I'm gonna shout, shout out to my mama if she listened or not. She listened to one the other day, and uh-huh. she said, "She said, son, you know one thing I can say about y'all when y'all get into something, y'all go all the way in." And then she said, uh, That's true. "She said one thing I didn't like though that you said." I said, "What was that, ma?" She said, "You said gal on there." I said, when I say gal, <laughs> she said, oh, she said, you said something about a gal. I said, well, mom, I am from the South. If I said gal, you know, it's just, this is the way I talk. And she was like, well, I was like, okay, I guess, you know, older, older women don't like you to say gal. So I'm sorry, mom, for saying gal. The one thing you can appreciate mom picking up is the stuff that we just this normed us and yeah. about all the stuff she heard that's what she picked up on so now it yeah. makes you think about that it's like yeah man that get that young lady you know you're gonna end up <laughs> catching yourself you know but that's dope yeah shout out to to your mom Mark. so have you cats ever heard of john shipping 
I have not. So John Shippen was a cat. He played in the U.S. Open for the first time in 1896. He is known as being the first minority to play in the U.S. Open. Wow. Which was in 1896. He was born in Washington, D.C. He was actually half Shinnecock Indian and half African-American. And uh, he actually was a caddy at Shinnecock Hills in, in, I think it was in D.C. Okay. He's in Long Island, New York. So he played in the U.S. Open. He played with a bunch of cats from Britain. So a bunch of them, they threatened to not play because he was a minority and they didn't want to play with him or whatever. And so the USGA, this is what's interesting about this. The USGA said, okay, if you don't want to play, then don't play. But we're going to proceed forward with who playing in this tournament. Uh So all of them ended up playing. And he was tied for first after the first 18 holes. But he ended up finishing in the 11th place. And guess what happened to him? Which happens to, uh, it usually happens to, it's happened to me before when I was playing in the tournament, I can say for sure. So he got to hole number 13. And he ended up scoring an 11 on it. Part four, he got an 11. So he ended up losing by exactly the number of strokes that he got over par on at 11. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So if he was just able to par that hole, he would end up winning the tournament. So he also founded Shady Reds Golf Club, and he was the first African-American golf professional. So did y'all learn anything about John Shipping? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who y'all get? Y'all supposed to have somebody to talk about. Oh, well, I, well, I definitely got somebody, but wow. Right. For you to say he, he got an 11 on a par four, and that's the exact amount of strokes. So it's seven, what is it, seven strokes, right? Seven strokes, yep. And that's what he, wow. Yep. And that those that one hole there is a difference maker in, in, in history right there in itself. Yep. He could have won the US Open, but he mm-hmm. had that one bad hole. Mm-hmm. And you know how we always compound our mistakes. Because the eleven had to be him compounding his mistakes because even if you hit your first shot and you hit it out of bounds or you hit it in a penalty or whatever, mm-hmm. your next shot is three. So if you get on in three, and even if you two put, that's just a bogey. Right. You know, so that means he had to do something to compound. He had a, maybe he had a 10 cup moment. I don't know, you know, but we mm-hmm. had to too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. Oh my goodness, man. So you said 18, 1896? 1896. Wow. I was reading about some of these, uh, some of these golfers and what would happen sometimes if they would play in these tournaments and yeah, on top of getting heckled and you know folks talking bad about you, harassing you, all this kind of stuff. Like say if you hit your ball kind of often, not in the crowd but close to the crowd, they would actually take your ball and throw it throw it away or throw it in the head someplace. Yeah, couldn't even 
you know, they couldn't find it. Right. So you, you had to have some advocates on your behalf that would say, hey, I saw them do X, Y, and Z. Right. You get a free drop. Right. And that happened yeah. a lot. I'm like, yeah. I'll go, you know. These guys were planning a tournament and they teed off on the first hole and somebody, some little kid went out and put a bucket on top of his ball. So the rules official tried to say that if he moved the bucket, there was a penalty. What? (laughs) Exactly. Like that makes no sense at all. Well, with you bringing that up about how we're treated, our culture is treated, um, off subject of golf, but this happened to me the other day. I'll go to Target, and a young Caucasian girl, looked like she was no more than seven to nine years old, waved at me, and I'm not going to be a butthole to any kid, but I waved back like, hey, young lady, and guess what she did? She threw up the white power sign to me. No. And I just laughed it off, and I said... (laughs) I did just like this. Lord bless that little girl. She don't know no God. And left it right. alone. But that just blew my mind. I was like, I don't know that she didn't just. Right. You know what? Lord bless her. She don't know no better. I'm for real, man. Waved at me like, hey. And I'm way back. Hey, young lady, how you doing? And threw it up. And and I'm saying like, what? Yeah. And yep. that's talk behavior. It was talk. It's all talk. Then that goes on to what we're talking about with, with with you know black golfers, uh biracial golfers, multiracial you know golfers, and how they were treated. Put a bucket over his ball, like you you know, Kendrick, you missing mention uh, them picking the ball up, throwing it into the hedges and stuff. Like what? All because of a color. That's all. So and then it was and it's called uneven fairways. And it features Charlie C for a lot of the guys uh-huh. that were big time black golfers that played on the United Golf Association, which was basically they created the United Golf Association because the PGA had in their um, bylaws that Caucasians only Caucasians only. could play. Yeah. Like. And, and then even if they were able to play, then you couldn't go into the clubhouse. So you'd have to change clothes in, in the car or in the parking lot or something like that. I mean, remember that's still separate facilities. If, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like that at, at Augusta. I mean, I mean, you can pick up the trash, <laughs> but that's about all he's going to be able to do. Right. Yeah. You can play there. But so, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry, Arthur. So yeah, so it was the United Golf Association, and um, they called it the Chitlin' Circuit. And so basically, they started it because they wouldn't let they wouldn't let the pay, uh, the black people or minorities period play on the PGA tournaments. Yeah, uh, and they talked, and they also I believe their circuit they were playing on municipality courses, so these right. courses weren't in the best shape. Right. Right. Yeah. And they were, so, I think also they talked about how they were like, you know, if us three, if we were in it and I don't have no money to, you know, get in it, like y'all will split it so I can get in on the next tournament. Like they right. was taking care of each other, like making sure everybody right. eat. Like it was a, like one big family, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Baseball integrated in 1946. Ooh. Jack and Robertson went to the LA Dodgers. Yeah, today's his birthday. Really? I didn't know that. Happy yeah. birthday Good to out, bro. Brother Robinson. Happy birthday to him. 1919. Uh, he would have been 102. 
What year did football integrate? 2021? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm bad on that, on that stuff. I'm bad on all of that. I have to Google all of that, man. I'm like the young folks. So, I gotta... 1946 also. Kenny Washington. Mm-hmm. Woody Strode. Marlon McKinley. Marlon Motley, I'm sorry. Bill Whitless. Uh-huh. They were all drafted in the same year. Wow. 1946. Time has flown by big time. Basketball was integrated in 1950. Chuck Cooper went to the Boston Celtics. Changed the game forever. What year would you think that the PGA integrated? 1961. Yeah. yeah. Speaking about 1946, uh, Bill Powell was, uh, he was a, a business person, um, but he had trouble playing at other people's golf courses. So he built and designed his own. Because the actually, was actually the one over in, in Ohio. Yeah. Mm. Clearview. And, um, and it's on the uh, it's on the on the registry now as the first and I think only golf course that was built and owned by African American. Wow! Yeah, so, his daughter um, Renee. They yeah, she runs now, but they wouldn't even give him a loan for it. So and they did a lot of it by hand. Right. You know, they did nine holes first, and then then came back and did nine holes some years later. So. Bringing it up with a black course, Pine Hill being right here in Memphis, and it's where the majority of my family, my dad, my grandfather, my uncles, older cousins, learn how to play golf at Pine Hill. Um, and now me being 37 playing, and then as I go back, when I win, I go back because it's not in good shape. It's amazing to see that being a city course, knowing it's a course where our people, you know, I think it's one of the first courses in the city where black people were allowed to go play. Um, they, it's not a lot of money put into their course. It's a, a city-owned course, and when you compare it to the other places, it's not the same. And it's just crazy to see that because it's actually not a bad layout. It's a pretty fairly challenging course, and it's like, man, if they would take the same amount of money that they put in uh, your Galloways, your Audubon's, your Fox, um, and put in the Pine Hill and make their course, <coughs> make their course nice. Um, it's in it's in the heart of South Memphis. And it'll be awesome, but yeah, you know, I've always wanted to go play the course, and unfortunately, I haven't. But I do go to Whitehaven quite a bit, and Whitehaven's in better shape than Pine Hill. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just like it out there. It's, you know, it's still you have a lot more African American guys out there. I, I just like the camaraderie out there, and those guys yeah. just going back and forth with each other. And, well, and I'll be honest, I also like the price point at Whitehaven too. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it the only uh, city course that has a driving range? Also, yep. Yeah, you practice practice greens and and all that. I mean, it's just nice layout. They take care of it. They take care of it. Very yeah. affordable. You haven't heard uh, any any guys talk crap to each other until you go to Pine Hill on a Sunday morning and catch them cats out there talking crazy to each other. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mr. Pecker. May he rest in peace. Uh, when I was a kid, he was coming up Pecker's Ridge. If, if you played old number nine. Those Peckers Ridge is it's, it's it's engraved in there, man. That's uh, Mr. Pecker. That's that's 
man, the king of trash talking. Yeah. Do you yeah. know, I think that's the only course that Tiger Woods visited when he was here. He came here and did a clinic for the, the uh, 90s. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I think that's yeah, the only time he's come here and actually mm -hmm. for, you know, and um, actually put on a clinic or anything. Yeah, um, he actually, um, I was a kid and I remember it being talked about. I think it was on number eight or something like that. Because uh, I think eight's a part five. And um, he wasn't on the tee box far back, like the tips or anything, but he just like just from a regular tee box and dang near about drove the green. He was like 300-some yards or whatever. I mean, they just made a big hoopla about it because back then, of course, if you was hitting the ball 250, that was good. But yeah. for him to hit over 300, it probably was like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. it would be. I wish Tiger would come back to Memphis. That would be dope. Yeah, we need to get out there and play more often. Mm-hmm. But it's it's tough, man. When I went twice last year, and it's um, it was just tough. I mean, uh, the, lost the ball in the fairway, and the grass was cut the day prior, and putting on the putting greens was just they were all inconsistent, man. And it's just when you're used to playing these other courses where you get a consistent roll and stuff, it can frustrate you, man. You know, you're not getting that performance out there like that, so. Yeah, Hopefully uh, the city will do better. Shout out to Will, though. Will's the new guy out there, and uh, he's going to do some changes. So shout out to Will. I'm going to send his podcast to him, and uh, hopefully he can get the city to help get their course in top-notch shape. Speaking of city courses, have you seen the uh, work they're putting in at Overton Park? I heard about that. The, the random guy played with the day talked about it. said, um, you know, he plays it all the time. I've never played Overton. Have you guys played Overton? We played it. Well, Arthur, you and I played it. I think Les was there too. We played it. I mean, it's been a few years ago. I yeah. said that to go back. Yeah, it was garbage. <laughs> it was terrible. The greens were <laughs> unbelievably bad. I mean, mm. as bad as Pine Hill being uh, greens have been, uh, Overton, I think, had them beat for sure. I'm a, I, the only place that could compete with those greens was um, what's the one on 55? Riverside. Oh, that and you place. better have, you better have your handgun with you. Hey. Get on that backside. I after playing that course, I said they need to pay me to play this move. Yeah, it was terrible. It, it, it was unbelievable how bad it was. But I think, um, I mean, you bring up a good point. I think that we do need to try to play Pine Hill more often, um, if. The more money that's spent there, the more likely they are to put money into it. Um, they've done a lot of work at Whitehaven. Well, I would say they've done some work at Whitehaven. They have not done as much, in my opinion, they have not done as much work at Whitehaven as they have done at Galloway, Fox Meadows, and Ottoman. And maybe right. Whitehaven is coming up on the budget. You know, I don't know. But I, I, I think that they, they have definitely need to put some more money out there. Yeah. True. Who's the guy that I played with in the tournament, in the, uh, the Barbara Bolton tournament? Um, and I think he said he was a marshal out there, and he said it was actually in pretty good shape. You talking about Whitehaven? Yeah, no, uh, Pine Hill. Mm. I think everybody's interpretation of being in good shape is different, yeah. so respect to him. Well, yeah. maybe he just, he's just trying to get more people to come out there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I agree with Arthur. We should go. We just have to... Um, yeah. 
It's or maybe, it was, or maybe it was better than it used to be. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, depends on what your perspective is. Yeah, it's not hard to improve really? upon garbage. <laughs> I shouldn't call it garbage. And forgive me. I, I, I mean, it's not but hard. It's wrong with challenging. Yeah, challenging conditions. Yeah, we can say that it is aesthetically challenged. Yeah, they do have new golf carts. And the cart paths are are paved. I believe they they recently paved, so that's good. Really? Did yeah, they fix the bridge? Like I, said, I just passed by there the other day, and it appears to be fixed coming off of two forty. But I don't know. I would hope so because I I I, I like that part three. I yeah. love that part three. Yeah. Short, but it's like it's so challenging because it's like you better not duff it. It's gone down there where the, where the water moccasins are. It's kind of like you got to, it's a big green, but the trees still kind of like borderline right there. You still got to hit around those trees a little bit. It's cool. Yeah. So as we wrapping up, uh, we've talked about Mr. Powell. We've talked about Mr. Shipping. And um, let's not also forget about uh, this month and the, the holiday last month was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Do y'all take off on Martin Luther King Day? Yeah. Uh, I was looking forward to being off, but uh, unfortunately, I had some appointments I had to run, so I worked, and um, I'm thankful to still be here and have a career. But I did want to be off, but I understand. Yeah, I've I have taken off for Martin Luther King Day, but I've I, mm-hmm. my company does not. Uh, it's not recognized. Yeah, it's not a um, holiday that we recognize. We don't really. My company only recognizes the four major holidays, what they consider to be the major holiday: Christmas, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July, and Memorial. No, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Fourth of July, Christmas, Thanksgiving. So that's five. Five. Yeah, five. I said four, yeah. didn't it? Five. Yeah. I can't count. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of become the, like the standard rule of thumb here for those five days. Yeah. But they do give you an optional holiday uh, for you to take that day instead of you can take it on Martin Luther King Day or you can take it another day. Or you can right. get paid for it, however you want to do it. So right. finishing up, since today it was the Farmers Insurance Open, did y'all see Patrick Reed little incident yesterday? Y'all don't watch golf, do you? So uh, let me enlighten you on it. I do watch golf. Um, I think I told you on the uh, yeah. podcast. First thing you had me featured on is boring watching live because of commentators. So what I do is I'm on YouTube. I'm on Sunday night. I sit and watch everybody's highlights and watch all the stuff going on that has happened. Yeah. So I'm actually in my YouTube time right now because this is the time I'm sitting there watching every single thing catching up. So uh-huh. like if we go on our group text and we talk about stuff on Monday yeah. through the week. Yeah. Because I caught up on Sunday night. I'm sorry about that. Sorry to take a nah, big YouTube time. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you good. <laughs> Arthur's like, y'all don't like golf. Don't know <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, that was a conversation me and Mark had too. I asked him, you said, do you watch the golf channel? He said, no. <laughs> like, dang. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm really finding out though. a lot of people just don't watch it. You know, like that. Like I watch... I probably my TV is on the golf channel probably about ninety percent of the time on watch TV. If it wasn't for the commentators, if it's, it's not on, if it's not on the golf channel, it's on CBS or NBC, whichever one that they on that week. 
Yeah. I, I'll yeah, watch, I don't watch it. it like that. Yeah. Like I, I might catch a little bit on Thursdays if, if it's on, and I'll watch Sunday. Like all mm-hmm. So what happened was, let me let me let me get y'all to the speed then. So okay. yesterday, Patrick hits a drive. It goes. I want to say I think it went a little right, and it was just off the cart path. So when he gets up there to his ball, he said they told me that my ball uh, plugged. It didn't bounce. So he had already once he called the official. He had, once by the time he called the official over, he had picked his ball up and moved it, looked at it to see if it was plugged, and then he put. He says he put it back in that plug. Spot. Was he was he right by a hazard? He was right by the cart path. Okay. So first thing was. How do you pick up your ball before the official comes over? Yeah, I don't know why he would do that. Yeah, you, you're not, that's the first mistake. So when the official comes over, he shows him where it hit, and it, it apparently looked like it had indented into the ground. And so the official said, "Okay, yeah, your ball was plugged. You can move it, and you know, and place it to get relief or whatever from your plug ball because they were they were playing um, lift cleaning place." Okay. So in the fairway, but since his ball was plugged, then he also was able to get relief because it was plugged. So the the issue came with people trying to say, okay, was his ball plugged where he put the ball back, or was his ball plugged actually in where? Because they went back and looked at the video, and his ball did bounce. Mm-hmm. So, but the guy that they had on commentating that was supposed to be the rules official said that it's possible for his ball to plug in that second spot because it was so it was that soft out there. But if if it's that soft for your ball to bounce up, let's say two or three feet in the air and then fall back down to the ground and plug. It shouldn't be. You hmm. could not stand right there because that means it would have had to have been super soggy for your ball to do that. This is just my opinion. I haven't have no scientific proof. This is just my opinion. So <laughs> <laughs> this guy does not have uh, the best reputation when it comes to following the rules, though. You know, he had another incident in the bunker previously where he moved the ball in the bunker, whatever, whatever, you know. And that's that's another story. But anyway, so we can't hold that against him. But your reputation does follow you. So it was like, why not wait until the official comes over and say, hey, man, I'm trying. I want to see if it's OK if I check if my ball is plugged. Now, to you, Ron, this is my question. Since we play with a lot of guys. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that we have some disagreements about the rules and. Who following the rules? Who not following the rules? Blase, blase. Who should get credit on this? Who shouldn't? Okay. What would happen if we were playing and that same situation happened and somebody picked up that ball and said, hey, my ball was plugged here before somebody was standing right there to look at them? Would it be a fight on the golf course or not? The the old, old... uh 
a group before we got to where we are now, yes, it would have been uproaring out there. Especially, it depends on who did it. It doesn't Arthur, matter who did it. It does matter. Yeah. If Les or Arthur or Dre would have did it, it wouldn't have been a big deal. It would have been, all right, all right, man, you know, we wait till somebody come over here. You good, though, right? Anybody else, and I love the guys, would have did it. It would have been from zero to 10. <laughs> Real quick. And that's just how it is. I mean, we're all competitive, but I'm telling the truth. I know the guys going to listen, but they know for a fact if it would have been Dre, Art, or Les that did that, it would have instantly been like, all right, man, whatever. Like, you know, it's some shape, form, or fashion. It would have not got past zero. But anybody else, I'm guaranteeing it would have went from zero to 10. Not from you. <laughs> <laughs> and, but just when the guys left over, because that's just how competitive we are, man. Yeah. We, um, Listen, we okay. But I, but I think I now, had a question about I think now we, so we, we get over it now. We're good. Mm. So, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I play with Arthur, and I, and I play with y'all. Mm. Um, but sounds like to me, the integrity is a question when you say something like that, because either you follow the rules or you don't. And I would, I mean, think y'all been around me long enough. It's like, I mean, that's what the rule is. What it is, I mean, if I got to take a stroke, hey, okay, I make it up on the next one, or I don't. I mean, I don't know. Now, <laughs> you're you're saying it exactly right, and I believe all of us in the group want to be that way. But what happens is, whether it's an honest mistake or not, some folk reputation precedes them. <laughs> right, some folks. And they may feel this way about me. I feel like always looking for an advantage. So when something happens, it's going to go from zero to 10. And then you got some people who I'll use Arthur, for example, who's pretty much even kill out there. It is what it Except is. Except for him. one like, day. Yeah. But I mean, but we all have that. But you're very consistent, Arthur. If you do something and it's like, all right, man, you ain't market put. Ah. Like, Art ain't finna be sitting there like, and be like oh, man, I got to take a stroke. Art going to be like, you're right, I did. And he's going to take his stroke. But you got other people that if you say, hey, man, you didn't mark your putt. And this is just a standard rule. If you go straighten your ball up, you're supposed to mark it. No, man, you know I ain't going nowhere. And it's like, that's not what it's about. If we're playing by the rules, you broke the rule. I broke the rule. We didn't mark it. And so that's ultimately what it boils down to, man. But we got some people that are notorious for looking for that advantage. And I love them to death, but... <laughs> They know who they are. <laughs> in my mind, if it's not going to change the outcome of the the hole or the, or the match, one way or the other, yeah, you know, it don't make a difference. You know, we out here playing. We all having a good time. Even if it is competitive, ain't that doggone competitive, competitive word. All right, so my ball moved an inch. <laughs> I'm still 10 feet from the hole. You know, okay. Or I mark my ball room or what I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I've got to the point like, now, not to be long winded on the art. I'm at the point now, especially after me taking this month off, bro. I don't, whatever. Like, I'm just telling people, whatever. Yeah. Go ahead, do, do what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. And my objective is to make sure I just don't lose. Yeah. And regardless of what happens, as long as I don't lose, they can say they got a hole in one. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, my ball went way over here, man. I drove the green. Okay. No one it didn't. Okay. As long as I don't lose, I don't care. And if I do lose, so, so be, be it. it. 
There you go. That's that's what I'm talking about, man. That's 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 cool right there. Cool beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, fellas, man, I ain't gonna take up all your night. I know you got to get the YouTube run, and I know <laughs> Kendrick got to check in with his probation officer. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I got to like, check in about every thirty minutes. <laughs> It look like I have to check in. Can you saw that you keep doing this? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm up in my room with my door closed. I'm trying to watch this golf, catch the golf from the day. They on they they heading to the back nine, the last group on the recorded version. But anyway, I mean, I need y'all to watch the golf channel, man. They they made some real changes, and I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it. They, you know, they moved the studios from Florida to back to Connecticut. Uh-huh. Right. How the hell are you going to have a golf <laughs> studio in freaking Connecticut? In Connecticut? You're not playing year-round golf in Connecticut? <laughs> right. Right. The only place, the best spot. That gum, almost the only place you can play golf around in the United States of America in Florida, and you move all the way to freaking Connecticut. What's the golf season up there? Six in months. ESPN based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's why they moved back up there. Yeah. Okay. They had oh, wow. some, they had a lawsuit. I think that may be part of the reason why they trimming stuff down too. Um uh-huh. they got a lawsuit with some business next to some building that they own and they tried to warn them about some kind of environment issue or something, something or another. But um some political bull crap really. All right, y'all, y'all be blessed. I appreciate y'all. Thank you all. All right, be safe out there. Right. All right. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Kendrick Hickman Sr. Ronald Porter Sr. Please like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review to let us know how we're doing. Thank you again. <laughs>